This is the Scale with Psychology podcast, where you're going to optimize your psychology to exponentially scale your business and become the ultimate version of yourself. I'm your host, Ani Manian, widely known as the Mind Whisperer and trusted advisor and psychedelic therapist to the world's top entrepreneurs and leaders. And I believe that entrepreneurship is a mental game. And the main constraint in any business is not the strategies and tactics, but the psychology of the founder. And with each episode, I'm going to help you take your life in business to levels you never thought possible. If you're ready to play the game of life and business in God mode, then this is the podcast for you. Hello, hello. Hi, Ani. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? Fantastic. I'm in, as you can tell, beautiful, beautiful backyard. There's a lot of green uh, here. Mm, so my soul feels really good. How are you? Oh, that's so lovely. Well, I have found other ways to make my soul feel good because I am in the middle of Brooklyn, New York, and um, I have barely any sun and no greenery around me, but it's okay. But <laughs> you're in New York. Yeah, that's true. New York what? City. <laughs> why don't you why don't you introduce yourself um, a little bit and tell everyone who you are, what you're up to in the world, and sure. then we'll begin a jam session. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so um, my name is Sammy, and I am, wow, this is already starting off interesting because I started reading yesterday um, The Untethered Soul, and it was like, how do you define yourself? Who are you? And I was just about to say, oh, I'm a graphic designer, and I live in New York City, but that's not really who I am. But we'll start there. I am a graphic designer. Um, I live in New York City. I'm a photographer as well. And um, I am using a lot of different levers right now to, to um, help my mental space <laughs> quite a bit. So that's yeah. what I'm up to. <laughs> Beautiful. So the genesis of this conversation is um, the live I did yesterday, you mm. were nice enough to join and you had some breakthroughs and we thought what better way to integrate <laughs> breakthroughs than to talk about it on another live and do yeah. a liveception. Yes. So let's jam. What, let's uh, what came up for you? <laughs> what was that like for you? Well, watching you was incredible. That was awesome. And I'm, I'm so happy that I hopped onto that live. Um, I had several sticky notes <laughs> that I took notes on and I realized that I had been the biggest thing that came up for me was I had been holding on to this mindset and these things from three, four, five, six years ago, from so long ago and approaching my current every day from the same mindset from that time. That's, that's a Sammy from five years ago. It's very different. And yet I'm still so fearful. So I'm trying to unravel that a little bit. Yeah. What was the mindset? Um, Discomfort avoidance is the Discomfort biggest thing. and avoidance. What are yes. you avoiding and what are you uncomfortable with? Uncertainty, for sure. Mm. Um, uncertainty is a big thing. Um, man, the fears right now are crazy because I'm a small business owner. So every single day is, is sort of 
I'm just filled with concern over whether or not I can do this and the money, the money stuff, the money concerns and, um, and all of these different fears. And when I have those and they seem all encompassing, then I seek for food. I seek for all of these external things to find, to placate that feeling rather than sitting with it. And something I've been talking about with, with you and with Lee and with Sophie is, you know, sitting with feelings and it's so hard. And this is why we as humans end up addicted to all sorts of things. Right. Right. And this is, you know, one of the most perfect examples of self-created suffering. Mm. Right. Because, you know, you know this, I believe that all of our suffering is self-created. Yeah. Pain is not. Pain and suffering are different. Pain is, you know, we can feel physical pain. We can feel emotional pain. We can feel pain at the loss of a loved one or, you know, something happening in the world or, you know, experiencing some sort of trauma. But the suffering is what we create for ourselves with our thinking. Yeah. And so it's the thinking that comes up in response to a memory or to another thought that creates, or a perception that creates Mm. all our suffering, Mm. right? So in this case, what do you think the thinking is that is creating this discomfort in your body that you then reach for food to get away from, to resist, to escape? that I do not have the capacity or the ability or the strength to handle what is coming at me. Mm. Yeah. And what's crazy is that I have made it through all of my hardest days up until this point, like that continues to happen. I will make it through these hard things. And yet I get all up in my thoughts thinking that I can't handle the next thing. Yeah. And let's just hold both those extremes together, right? Mm. Let's, let's hold both those ideas that, you know, I've always landed on my feet. I've always figured it out. I've always found a way through. I always, you know, I always just find my, my place and my place of, you know, whether it's success, peace, accomplishment, joy, and and this situation is different this situation i don't have any answers for this situation i don't know mm. what to do and what i'm doing yeah so this contradiction this paradox mm. that i've always figured things out i've always landed on my feet but there's something very unique about this situation that completely befuddles me is very interesting, Mm, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That's very true. Absolutely. And let's also presence the fact that you're not alone in thinking this. Most people in the world, if they're alive and breathing right now, they've always made it through any adversity that came their way. Mm -hmm. They've always figured it out. They've always found a way. It may have been dark and challenging at some point, but they've always found a way. And, and especially this year, when there are these massive external circumstances that seem to threaten our entire existence, Mm. we find ourselves out of answers. 
we found our we find ourselves in the unknown and in the uncertainty and it is wired into our body into our brain into our genes that mm-hmm. being in the unknown and not knowing is not safe yeah so literally our physical bodies cling to the known because it's familiar and what is familiar is safe for our brain yeah and My so we child. forget <laughs> right right she's clinging as tightly as possible. right right <laughs> oh man yeah she's clinging very tightly what do you think she needs right now? What do you think she needs? It's so interesting because I just did an exercise with my therapist in which I moved from seat to seat and sat with, okay, this is inner child Sammy and we're trying to give her a different name but I haven't figured that out yet. Yeah. Inner um inner child Sammy what are you feeling right now and then moving over from that physically transitioning to a different seat yeah. and coming at it and approaching it from the other part of me that knows kind of that yeah. realistic I don't want to say adult but this this realistic developed Sammy that knows right. that it's going to be okay and right. that developed Sammy higher knowing Sammy I'm I say to my inner child I say you are safe and you are okay and I don't need I don't need you to protect me in that way anymore. Right. I'm able to handle this on my own. Right. So that's needs a hug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is a great example of a fundamental process that is at the heart of managing emotions and dealing with our emotions which is allowing the light of your awareness to shine on that aspect of you that is feeling unsafe and washing every aspect of your body of your mind and every emotion with the unconditional loving awareness that light and how we do this is by directing our attention and how do we direct our attention we consciously bring things into our awareness mm. right and that's one really beautiful thing to do and it seems like you did that so let's do let's Through move on exercise. to yeah yeah <laughs> in that one moment <laughs> yeah and this is really touching that aspect of the self mm. right but this is only one half of the equation right because separating ourselves into parts is still a kind of fragmentation mm. and when we only do that and when we stop there then we remain as these fragmented parts one part that feels safe and another part that feels unsafe one part mm. that seems sure one part that feels emotional one part that's like logical and saying hey you have nothing to worry about and another mm. part's like hey you're full of shit and another part's like hey both of you shut shut <laughs> shut up and like sit down and the constant warring <laughs> yeah and you end up with basically a scene that looks like the nigerian parliament in session 
Now, I've never seen a live session of the Nigerian parliament, but I imagine, no disrespect to Nigeria, that it's a little bit chaotic. And there's a lot mm. of arguing and there's a lot of shouting. Um, but So that is really useful for us to bring into our conscious awareness what's happening. Mm. But the next piece is actually integrating these pieces into a unified sense of who we are. Mm. Do you want to? Are you up for doing that right now? Doing Absolutely, that live? please. By all, all right. means, all right, I just let's... did my human design and it said that I have two very distinct halves that are a part of me. So, this yeah. is so timely, it's so perfect. Beautiful. So, let's play. Who is the one that is uncertain? That would be my insecure, inexperienced, I don't want to say childish because childish isn't a negative thing, but yeah, it's, you know, the, the younger, malleable um, person that took in all of these negative influences from the outside and didn't know right. what to do with it. That's, right. That's the kid. Right. So... Are you that kid or are you the one who is aware of the kid? I am the one that is aware of the kid. So who is the one that is aware of the kid? The developed higher self seeking Samantha right now. <laughs> right. So I want you to I want you to feel that not as a concept but really feel experientially in you who is it that is the subject of that object that is your kid who your inner child who's scared This is where it gets so hard, right? Mm. Like it's making me sweat and it's making me emotional. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so are, are you that inner child or are you the one who is observing that inner child? I am the one observing the inner child. So you are the space in which that inner child arises. Yes. Correct? Yes. And in that space, are there any other objects? Are there any other entities? Are there any other like parts? Mm. Well, I feel that there are two very, it feels like two halves. It feels very divisive and it feels very like one kind of encompasses my perceptions, my behaviors, my approaches from that side. And then the other encompasses my approaches and behaviors and reactions from the other side. So it does feel very binary. It feels very half and half. Right. And so 
the one who is aware of that inner child that is uncertain. So the inner child is uncertain. And there is the one who is aware of the inner child. Mm -hmm. Is the one who is aware of the inner child also feeling scared and uncertain? As in, is the awareness mm -hmm. of your uncertainty also feeling uncertain? Yes, because I doubt myself. So I think, I think so. <laughs> So who doubt on both sides. <laughs> so who so who is aware of the doubt? That's got to be the the me, the real me. That's the real, the real me. Right. The real me is above all of that. Right. This is some untethered soul. <laughs> yeah. Stuff, which is blowing my mind every single day, Ani. I have to take a moment and think about yeah. it. <laughs> so so think about it, right? Yeah. Is the awareness of your fear also afraid? Is that real you? Is that real you that is aware of this part of you that is afraid also afraid? Is the real you mm. that is observing this? The real me has an under the real me understands fundamental okayness and knows that that is where she's sitting. She's sitting right. in fundamental okayness and she knows that she's okay. Can, can you experience that right now? Can you touch that with your experience? Can you feel that fundamental okayness that is in the background of your experience? I can feel it when I breathe and connect to my body for sure. So it's always there in the background is what you're saying. Yeah. And there's all this crap covering it. Yeah. Notice that. Notice the peace and safety and fundamental okayness that is witnessing the fear that's witnessing the uncertainty that's witnessing all these emotions and notice that when you lose yourself in these emotions in these fears you become the fear and then you become fearful and you become uncertain and you become afraid But if you turn around and look at the one that is observing your fear, that is observing the uncertainty, that's observing perhaps the lack of safety, that which is the subject of all your experiences, that's been witnessing all your thoughts since you were a few years old, that's been experiencing all the sensations in your body since the day you were born. That's been creating all these perceptions about you being a graphic designer and you living in New York mm. and all these things. That's been witnessing all your emotions. That awareness 
is, always has been, and will always be absolutely and fundamentally okay. And notice that that is your true nature. That that is actually who or what you are. That loving, unconditional presence that witnesses all the thoughts, all the feelings, all the sensations, and all the perceptions that you're experiencing right now that you've ever experienced mm. in your life. So what just happened for you? <laughs> I'm, and I'm so surprised I haven't started crying yet because it happens so easily. <laughs> um, I just reconnected with that part, with that knowing that says it continues. Like, it continues. It goes on. It goes on because I, I can sink into moments and I can hold on for dear life. And then I can also be only looking to the future as someone that's so anxious right. rather than, rather than sitting in this moment with that fundamental okayness and also having that knowing that that will continue. And it, it just, yeah, that's where I struggle because I'm so anxious. You are so anxious. Who is oh, so anxious? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I am watching. I, the real me, is watching the anxiety. I, the real me, knows. And what is anxiety? Something that is a reaction to things that I can't control based so, on a fear. So what is anxiety made of? It's a thought, right? It's a thought. So you don't have anxiety, first of all. You have a thought mm, that you're yeah. interpreting by with your body, your, your body is a dictionary and you're translating it mm. as anxiety, correct? Yeah. So what you're saying is you are witnessing a thought that's what I I have. Yeah. I, I am anxious translates to I am witnessing mm -hmm. a thought. Yeah. And what's so interesting about that coming from such a. It's this that is inherently peaceful to me. Right. And I had another realization today that because of a variety of factors and potentially, you know, biochemically what's going on in my brain. And again, you know, those addictive patterns and personality and things like that, um, which I can try to take a step away from, but um, I have found myself, I've seen <laughs> the addictive part of anxiety and fearing for the future rather than that peaceful right. looking at because that's that is peace, but that right. doesn't come with all of those neuro neuro not toxins, but all those neuro things 
you know, bubbling around in your brain right. saying, oh, there's a rush. Like, oh, there's excitement. That piece doesn't have that for me right. yet. So you're saying that you're, there's an addiction to anxious thinking. 100%. And what do you get from anxious thinking? A whole Sorry, I shouldn't swear. No, no, curse, please. I insist you curse. A whole fuck ton of nothing. But, That's what I get from anxiety. But it, but you are getting something because yeah. we only do things when mm. we we get something from that. It feeds. It feeds that part that wants that. Ah, ah, that. ah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And that, that and that part wants to be fed constantly with yes. anxious thinking, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're not anxious? No. Then what's really happening? I'm choosing to not step away and take a step back from so those emotions so what are you what are you trying to escape when you turn towards anxiety when you generate a stream of thoughts that create anxiety in your body mm. so a different way of asking this question is who would you be without the anxiety Wow. Oh, man, because here I am, and I've been self identifying as anxious. Right. <laughs> so to strip that away, and to say, Oh, that's actually this different, this different part. Um, that leaves me the real me as an entity that is self-assured and is ready to handle things and has that piece of fundamental okayness and the fear that has probably I have allowed to hold me back from leaning into that is that if I head in that direction, I'm so young, how could I be self-actualized? How could I, mm. how, how dare I think that I have the experience Right. To think in that way. I keep right. on pushing it off because I'm like, oh no, you have to be 40. You have to be 35. Right. You have to be this and that. Right. Rather than, oh, you can be you can be 24 and you can have, you can actually. Right. You can already do this work now. And so I'm thinking, oh, people are going to leave me. People are not going, they're not going to be down for this. Ah, people are going to leave me and they're not going to be down for this. So if mm -hmm. you fear of losing people in your life, doesn't it make sense that you'll do everything you can to keep those people in your life? Even yeah. if it means holding on to an identity that you're anxious and making your life a living hell? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's not, and how are those people worth it? You know, that's. Well, also, how do you know that people are going to leave you? When I'm not giving them a chance. That's totally fair. Well, the entire thing is made up, isn't it? <laughs> and that's also so true. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So 
let me unpack what's happening is that you've made up that people are going to leave you if you mm-hmm. are peaceful happy joyful and having a great time in life so you create anxious thinking in your head and then call yourself anxious and live in a storm of suffering of your own creation and then you call that fear of uncertainty yeah that sums it up <laughs> right <laughs> so let me ask you a question is there anything actually wrong is there actually a problem here there was a problem and said you don't have any battery left <laughs> Um, <laughs> Wait, you 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 froze for a second. Can you repeat that? Oh, <laughs> my my phone battery um said there was 20% left, so it exited the app. Um so you asked just to go back, you asked if there's actually a problem currently. Yeah. And yeah. it's so funny because sometimes that question will come up in my brain like, "Wait, what is that what it, where where is that emotion of anxiety where is that actually stemming from what problems are there actually happening and it's funny because the answer is now like there is there is there are none <laughs> there are none notice how afraid we are of having no problems yeah that we create suffering and create problems so we have something to solve yeah notice how oh, allergic yeah what comes up for you in response to that that i mean that that sentence really summed it up very nicely along with the who would i be without leaning into those anxiety into the anxiety identity and the anxiety behaviors who would i be So both of that both of those statements brought up for me a lot of truth in them there's total truth in what you're saying um and just the the creating of that drama the creating of that anxiety again biochemically I'm sure it's it's just firing <laughs> it's just firing when I create that drama I mean that's why we love reality TV right it's all this created drama and this right. you know, and it's pointless but so who is creating the drama for me or reality television <laughs> well for you <laughs> i was going to say let me tell you about telling something um <laughs> so within me okay so there's the real there's the real me and i understand that that's not a value add to my day-to-day life and then there's the the separated anxious part that i am looking at and that is the part and let's call that the ego yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah so the ego is basically addicted to creating the drama because without yeah. the, there being drama without there being problems without there being suffering the ego has no mm-hmm. meaning it's not required oh my god <laughs> holy crap 
So if you're completely at peace and you're loving life, you're fully present, mm. you're living in a state of flow, you're growing your business, you're doing great things, mm. you're making an impact, helping people, then the ego has no purpose. It's got no utility. And the ego is deathly afraid of its own death. So the only fear we have is the fear of death. And mm. it's not our true self that is pure consciousness that is afraid mm. pure consciousness knows no fear it is inherently peaceful and free of any fear but the ego is afraid it's always afraid of its annihilation and all fear actually comes back down to the fear of death and because that is the primary fear that the ego operates in mm. And so if, all, if you had no problems, if you had no drama, if you had no suffering and you were just completely peaceful, it would have no reason to exist. Mm. So it will always, always, always block any attempt for you to be at peace. And it will create the drama. It will create the suffering. Mm. When we identify, when we become identified in the illusion of reality as the ego, and the ego actually doesn't exist. There is no such thing as the ego. Can you find it? Can you tell no. me what this ego feels like or looks like? No, no, it's not possible. All the ego is, is a collection of habituated thinking, feeling, and perceptions. Wow. I'm writing that down. Don't mind. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and take notes on my own life. <laughs> <laughs> so... So that's what the ego is. Ego is just a pattern of being that we have mm -hmm. habituated and we have identified as. It's like a collection of thinking, feelings, and perceptions that mm -hmm. we become in the habit of doing over and over again. And then we give that a name and that name is me. It's Ani or it's Sammy. Mm or it's Lee or Sophie, right? Mm -hmm. And then we flesh out this thing with more attributes. This one is good at math and sucks at skee-ball and, you know, mm -hmm. is an amazing artist but can't, you know, type fast to save her life. Yeah, because those socially created constructs Correct. equal safety, equal Correct. Um, Correct. life saving, basically. Correct, Correct. And so then this entity that gets created and becomes instantiated and becomes this dense real thing that now exists mm. is deathly afraid of its own demise. So it fights for its survival by creating problems and suffering so that it has a purpose, so that you keep feeding it. And how do you feed it? With that anxious thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as long as we become identified or we stay identified with our ego, we basically end up creating an endless stream of our own suffering using our thinking. As long as we identify with our ego, we end up creating suffering. Right. So now let's go back. Who are you? <laughs> 
I am okay. I am me. Can you feel that right now? Can you experience who you are? And what can you tell us about who you are? I am grounded and I am okay. And I am safe. And I'm going to now ask you to go even deeper, but experientially. How do you know you exist? Right now, how do you know you exist? What lets you know mm. that you exist? What lets you know that this is, I'm alive and this is reality? Can you tell me anything about I that experience? Still, yeah, because it, it is still the, there's still that chatter. There's still chatter that is even in this moment when I am, when I am attempting to take a step back and look at emotions, that chatter still remains probably because I'm still figuring this out. And that chatter relationally lets me know. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm sweating and I'm this and I'm that and I'm this and I'm that. Right, right. right. The chatter. So what you're saying is you're defining yourself by the chatter. Yes. And that chatter is thinking. Yes. And when you define yourself by your thinking, you end up labeling yourself as I am anxious mm -hmm. and you end up suffering from anxiety. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I'm connecting to the ego. To the chat. The right. Yeah. You're, con you're connecting to the contents of your experience, which is the chatter. Rather than connecting to the fact that you are the space in which that chatter arises. Mm. So the room that you're in right now. Yes. You can focus your eyes on the objects in the room, the sofa, the chair, the table. Or because it's a tiny apartment, tiny room, but yes. <laughs> or you can focus on the space in which all those objects exist, right? Mm -hmm. So I want you to switch your focus from the objects in the room to the space that the objects are in, in the room. Do you notice a difference between focusing on the objects versus focusing on the space? It feels like I'm connected to the space. Like it feels like each individual air particle has an actual weight to it. Like there's almost this like, okay, Right, right. That energy. But isn't it very normal when we walk into a room for our attention to be taken by the objects in the room? Yes. Rather than the empty space that the objects are sitting inside? Mm -hmm. So it's the same with our mind. Yeah. Right? In our mind, 
we don't notice the empty space that is our true nature that is always peaceful that is always okay that is always still we notice the objects in that space which are thoughts feelings sensations perceptions and we get lost in those objects we become identified with the objects and we forget that we are not the objects but we are the the space the room that holds all the objects and just like the room that you're in can any object that is in the room damage or affect the space that is the room no so it's just like that with the mind nothing no object in your consciousness can ever take away that peace mm. can ever take away that fundamental mm. well-being mm. just like no sofa can take anything away from the space in the room the space in the room will always be untouched just like that your true nature will always be untouched no amount of trauma you experience no amount of anxious thinking you experience no amount of physical pain you experience no matter how nihilistic or pessimistic your world view is your true nature will always remain untouched and absolutely pristine and perfect That's incredible. Pristine and untouched. You're making contact with that part of you right now, right? You're feeling this the pristineness of your true nature. Yeah. Yes, I am. So just take a mental snapshot of what this feels like because this is who you are. I always find myself swinging. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, that's um, beautiful. That's beautiful. But then I realized I was on camera. <laughs> Well, we can barely see you because you have no lights in your room. Oh, I'm so but... sorry. It's really... <laughs> well, okay, it's it's almost eight o'clock here in New York City. Here we go. <laughs> There we go. There's a little bit more light. Mm. It seems like you're back in the 1700s, where you only have one candle to last you uh, <laughs> six months of nights. That's because the ceiling light is terrible, and I only have one. Um, Uh, it's a Himalayan salt lamp, and then I just have the oh, the one beautiful. skylight. That's it. It's beautiful, but it just means that I'm alive. You can't see me. <laughs> that's okay. We can we can feel the peace that's radiating mm. out of you now. And you did, you did, you you saw the real me. So actually, despite the light or not, it doesn't really matter because 
I connected with the real me. So what was that like for you? What was the difference? What did you notice about that? It feels so grounded. It feels so grounded. Like the chatter falls away and sort of like, it's like if I were still and I could breathe underwater if that were possible, but if I were underwater and just kind of suspended, that's what that yeah. feels like to put it into words. Yeah. And yes, so this is- That's presumably very peaceful. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Now the reason why our true nature is peace is because we are the space in which all, the, all our experience arises. So just like a room has to be unconditionally accepting of everything that's in it, of the chair, of the table, of the TV, of the couch. The room doesn't ever exclude anything that's in the room, right? Right. So if something is in the room, it's unconditionally accepted by the room. Which means the nature mm. of the room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> then the nature of the room is unconditional love. Yes. Just like the nature of the room to all the objects in the room is unconditional love. Your true nature, who you are, is unconditional love. Because you, by definition, are the space in which all your experience arises and is experienced mm -hmm. and is known, mm -hmm. right? Right, that's correct. And so what comes up for you when you make contact with that truth? The connection that I made just now was that that is the that is the tunnel to acceptance of every emotion of that. Right, so right. Like that's how you, that's how one can meet those things with acceptance and with love. Right. It's that same. And there's, it's not a doing. There's nothing you need to do. Mm. That's why self-love is not an action. right? Mm -hmm. None of this is one more tool or NLP trick or some reframe or any of that crap, mm. <laughs> right? Most personal development is crap because it just gives you more things to do. Mm. It just cements this idea that there is something missing from you before you can experience what you want, which is peace, fulfillment, well-being, joy, bliss, mm. love. It, it, it says that there's a missing part of that pie rather than right. the, the pie already being. Exactly. Just, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why people search and they search and they mm. read books and they watch podcasts and YouTube videos and, you know, do courses and all this stuff 
And everyone, you know, who's trying to help people, they mean well. But there is a mm-hmm. fundamental misunderstanding that's, that sabotages all these efforts. Mm-hmm. So even though our efforts to love ourselves and accept ourselves and all, you know, all of these things, they're well-intentioned, but they're, they're, they represent a fundamental misunderstanding. Which is that this this game of reality is not about finding this thing that you're missing to finally be at peace. It's not to acquire this piece of information so your uncertainty goes away. It's not learning this new tool to accept and you know be with your emotions. It's mm-hmm. noticing that you are the space that is already absolutely peaceful, loving, accepting, and compassionate. Mm. That is your nature. And there's nothing you need to do. You just need to realize your true nature. You just need to realize who you are. And now, what are you feeling? What are you noticing? I am meeting my emotions with acceptance and knowing, I think it's knowing that knowing Knowing that that I can't seek externally for this because it's already in there. Everything is already in there. That piece is already in there. That's, frankly, it's wild when you kind of operate for 24 years without that. It's like, oh my God, that's, that's already in me. That's there. And like you mentioned with seeking the external things and the self-help books and all this stuff, like that's where we go. Um, But sometimes, most of the time to no end, like to no rather than being like, oh, it's already there inside of you, the piece, the pie, the pie is full. It's not that it's inside you, though at times Mm -hmm. it may be inside you. Mm -hmm. What I'm pointing to is that that's what you're made of. Mm. Think about the difference between those things. If it's inside you, it can be out, it can be taken away from you as well, right? Mm -hmm. But if that's what you're made of, there is never a moment when you're not that. Yes, that makes sense. So you can never be not peaceful. 
it may not be where your attention is and your attention may be occupied by your anxious thinking and then you may label yourself as being anxious and say that you have anxiety mm. right but you never stop being that yeah never stop being that never because that's being peaceful it's literally the material that you're made of Mm. Yeah. That's why we don't have to go anywhere to find yeah. peace. Right? We don't have to go anywhere to find certainty. Yeah. Now certainty is interesting because if you think about who we are as human beings, we are basically a ball of energy which has an experience of being aware. of itself mm-hmm. right we are you're self aware you're aware that there is a you right yeah so consciousness is aware of itself but you're basically flowing through space and time with no grounding and so human beings have a need to ground themselves and so to ground themselves they create identities they create they give themselves a name they give themselves you know a zip code and an income tax bracket and mm. attributes <laughs> and they give themselves labels like i'm anxious mm-hmm. or i'm an artist right or i'm a banker and that's why we define ourselves with these labels with these constructs now these constructs are helpful they serve a useful purpose in helping us function meet our basic survival needs communicate with each other right mm-hmm. cooperate build stuff cooperatively create systems and you know create society but mm-hmm. when we are dependent on these constructs for our safety for our fundamental safety then it becomes very challenging because these constructs are not you know comfortable always they come with their own set of judgments and labels and so when yeah, you define yourself as a graphic designer i mean there's so much more to you than that but that oh, sort yeah. of but that limits you right it limits you yes. into one specific activity of mind and behavior mm-hmm. so literally human beings do this because we feel unsafe when we're unanchored to anything mm-hmm. so we create it's these it's all about safety so we create this anchoring so that we have something to rest our ground of being on and that's why you feel uncertain when the world is you know in a bit of chaos because you literally feel ungrounded and you feel like the ground that you're standing on is like quicksand yeah and to soothe yourself you generate a stream of anxious thinking because you think that that will give you something that you can stand mm. on when the world around you is crumbling but that's what creates your suffering 
And that's why the real game here in life is the game of surrender. Can I surrender these labels that I'm clinging on to? Can I surrender this identity that I've created to describe myself? Can I surrender all the ways in which I limit myself and cling to safety? we could take a picture of you right now and put it in the dictionary next to the word peace and <laughs> i think it would convey it like perfectly <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that's uh, you know what's so funny is that I six months ago I wasn't breathing like this I wasn't connecting with my body like this that's that's why I got excited because I just wasn't sinking into that up until very recently yeah. And it's still wildly uncomfortable to breathe and to sit with things like that kind of stuff is just is so wildly uncomfortable and I'm I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it. Yeah, you are. Hell yeah. <laughs> and so and I swear again. <laughs> yeah, and 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 that's why this is a step-by-step -step journey into the unknown. Yeah, which right. I do a lot because I said yes to this, even though I hate public, no, well, there's a part of me that really hates public speaking. <laughs> or I've, 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 I've identified as that for a long time, as someone that hates public speaking. Right, but that's not who you are. No. That's just a thought that you've thought many times mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. decided that you're going to keep this one. I'm going to keep yep. this thought. Right. I'm going to keep it in my closet than... in New York. Yep. Sitting right there. <laughs> right. Yep. It's right there with me. So, so I invite you to do some spring cleaning, right? Oh. Even though it's not spring. It feels I invite like spring. You... feels like spring Kinda. to me because of everything that's, so imagine you could do some spring cleaning in your mind mm. and you could examine all the thoughts that you've been holding hostage and then release them. Mm. You don't have to light some uh, candles for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have a little ceremony, burn, burn them. Burn through, burn through some things. So if you were watching the live video, I just 
want you to know that whatever you may be going through right now, whatever challenges that you might be experiencing, whatever challenging thoughts you may have, challenging feelings, emotions, sensations in your body, know that there is always a part of you that is completely untouched by any pain, any suffering, any chaos, anything that is contained in the space of your consciousness. Because your true nature is peace. Your true nature is unconditional love. Your true nature is acceptance. Your true nature is joy and bliss and happiness. And nothing can take that away from you. No one can take that away from you. And when we look at that, the truth of who we are, what we are, rather than fixating on the contents of our experience, anxious thoughts, you know, overwhelming thoughts, fearful thoughts, doubtful thoughts. Then we realize that none of those things can actually ever affect us. That our true nature remains untouched, untainted. And that we are all absolutely perfect. You are literally a perfect algorithm. So if you were watching the live video, I just want you to know that whatever you may be going through right now, whatever challenges that you might be experiencing, whatever challenging thoughts you may have, challenging feelings, emotions, sensations in your body, know that there is always a part of you that is completely untouched by any pain, any suffering, any chaos, anything that is contained in the space of your consciousness. Because your true nature is peace. Your true nature is unconditional love. Your true nature is acceptance. Your true nature is joy and bliss and happiness. And nothing can take that away from you. No one can take that away from you. And when we look at that, the truth of who we are, what we are, rather than fixating on the contents of our experience, anxious thoughts, you know, overwhelming thoughts, fearful thoughts, doubtful thoughts, then we realize that none of those things can actually ever affect us. That our true nature remains untouched, untainted. And that we are all absolutely perfect. You are literally a perfect algorithm.
you're a perfect algorithm. And the reason why you're a perfect algorithm is because you exist right now and you're watching this. That means trillions of events had to happen in a very specific sequence to assemble trillions of your cells to organize and to create your organs, your skin, your flesh, your bones. And for this light of awareness, this consciousness to animate this body that you're in so that it can be aware of experience. And when I say experience, it's literally the things you're experiencing and that you've experienced in the past that you will experience in the future. That is a mathematical miracle. That's a perfect equation. And everything that's ever happened in your life has happened in accordance to that perfect equation. And when you trust in the perfection of the equation, when you trust in the kindness of your design, then everything opens up. That's what allows us surrender. If anyone who's live right now wants to come on and chat, um, just uh, say me, just add a comment, me, and I'll bring you on and, and let's dialogue. Because, you know, this is really, really important for all of us to understand because unless we do, unless we realize our true nature, unless we realize who we are and we identify with that versus the contents of our experience, we'll always keep suffering because as far as the ego is concerned, nothing is ever enough. That's why the ego lives in lack. No amount of acknowledgement and appreciation and validation is ever enough. No amount of money and material possessions and, you know, just things, cars, houses is good enough. No amount of safety and security is good enough beyond, you know, the basic level that we all need. And so the ego lives in a sea of lack. It hates the unknown. It hates uncertainty. And it never feels good enough. The ego never feels good enough. And the reason for all these aspects of not, not enoughness is because the ego is just one fragment of who you are. The ego is just one small component. And that is the essence of your limited self. And so this is the work. The work is to get beyond the limits of that limited self. Because living in that limited self in an ego-identified state means a lifetime of suffering, a lifetime of not enoughness, a, light, a lifetime of you know lack and scarcity and feeling like happiness and joy and peace and everything we want is in the future. Contingent on us being a certain way having more money, getting a promotion or having a bigger business or, you know, us being, you know, better looking and better shape and, you know, just all the 
inadequacies that we all feel. And that is, you know, really missing the beauty of life. That's to let the ineffable grandeur, the heartbreakingly exquisite reality that we get to experience in these human bodies to let that pass us by because we're either turning over the past and ruminating on it or stuck in a fantasy of the future and either creating worst case scenarios that make us feel shitty in the present moment or you know trying to create a, a certain outcome and living in the lack of that being present right now and so i want to leave you with this with this question which is what if the present moment was complete what if right now in the now the moment was completely perfect there was nothing you were missing there was nothing else you needed there was nothing you were short of whether it's time money or a certain person or a certain experience what if literally right now you were you were sitting in the middle of perfection in every way what if there was nothing you needed to change about the present moment what would that feel like so it might you to just take that question and just sit in that and notice what space you fall into what state of mind that you surrender into what little escape hatch from this ego centric reality do you pop out of and when you can truly do that when you can truly allow yourself to fully be in the present moment when you can ask nothing ask for nothing to change from the present moment when you can declare the present moment to be complete and when you can accept anything that is arising in your experience whatever thoughts whatever feelings whatever sensations perceptions then you will know peace then you will know joy then you'll know true happiness and this is not a happiness or peace that is contingent on anything else this is not the happiness we feel when someone you know opens a box of a tub of ice cream or a box of chocolates this is different because this peace is just it exists on its own it exists on its own and it's what you're made of that's why you can never find it missing you can never lose it you can never lose that peace you can never lose that joy and happiness and counterintuitively when you find the happiness and the joy and the peace that is already here then you attract to yourself more things that make you feel that way you find yourself surrounded by all the things and all the people and all the situations that give you more of that peace more of that joy and more of that happiness and eventually you can turn this into a vicious cycle 
where you just keep falling into deeper and deeper love with yourself, love with the peace of the present moment, the beauty of your being. And that is the single greatest gift you can give yourself. And I think, you know, all of us, if we can tap into that a little bit, we can make the world a different place because we will literally emit a different vibration. And it's not going to be one that, you know, projects anger and pain out in the world. That's not the vibration that makes us, you know, fight wars, that makes us hoard wealth while people are out there, you know, starving and dying before they reach the age of seven because they don't get enough calories. It's not a world that's based on hate and division and wars between nations and races. And, you know, we can really change the world when we change our world. And so that's the invitation. It's been a real pleasure being here with you. Um, shoot me a message if, uh, if you'd like to come on and have a chat with me live on air. It's, uh, it's really fun to do these and, you know, it really helps a lot of people because everyone hears what they need for themselves. So I love you. Thank you. And don't forget, you are limitless. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you found value, please consider leaving a five-star review to allow the show to reach more people or share this episode via your social media channels. If you're an entrepreneur and want support in exponentially scaling your business, email me at ani at animanian.com. Ani